0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Obviously, uh, the news uh, still uh, is uh, just festering now with the the reaction to what happened with the New York Times and their op-ed piece, the anonymous op-ed piece that appeared uh, a couple of days ago now. And uh, the followed from that, Uh, Donald Trump can't seem to stop tweeting about it or talking about it. But with that, of course, uh, also comes into play, and I think part of the discussion has to be, about journalistic ethics, and a number of people have raised this issue about what the New York Times actually did by posting something that was anonymous. Lawrence Martin writes about it in the uh, the Globe and Mail today. Uh, Lawrence, of course, is a public affairs columnist uh, for the Globe based down in Washington. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about the piece. Lawrence, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us today. Thank you, Bill. You've been around the newspaper biz for a lot of years now in, in different places. Uh, tell me your reaction when you saw this thing in t- in, the, in the Times the other day.
1: Well I was really disappointed bill because well first of all, I consider the uh, new york times uh, you know the the best uh newspaper in the world the most uh, responsible newspaper in the world as well and uh to see them uh lower their standards to uh print a uh an op ed piece uh, uh give it, give somebody the cloak of anonymity uh a washington uh white House insider to uh, take down the president uh uh, that, really, that was really disappointing because um, yeah, th- this is not, not something that 's done in journalism, and really they did not have good reason to do so here because frankly what the uh, what the person said about Trump has been written about a hundred times already so um, and now you know now people are wondering, well, you know seeing as how they 've uh, given uh, somebody uh, this uh, free uh, a half a page in the New York Times uh, to write anonymously uh, bad things about uh, the president. Are they now going to turn around the New York Times and give somebody a clo- uh, Trump admirer in the White House to uh, to write uh, good things about the president? So it raises that whole problem
0: too. The, uh, and their justification. I mean, I'm sure you saw the the explanation from the uh, the, the gentleman that actually made the call. I guess obviously it was a board, but one guy individually who seemed to be in touch with this uh, this individual. Uh, was uh, obviously trying to protect this this person's identity, but I never really heard a rational explanation as to why they would go with the, this route.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean the tradition uh bill is if somebody comes to the uh newspaper and you know has uh what sounds like an interesting story to tell uh, you you send them to the the news department and uh and, and to a reporter, and 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 that reporter will follow up, uh, check out what the guy says, and maybe a team of reporters if it's a big story, and then they will do a page one news story, right? Even if sometimes just according to many sources, and that's how you do it. You just don't take one man's view and, and give him that credibility under the cloak of uh, anonymity. So that's where they breach traditional journalistic ethics. They've had they have run they say the odd uh, anonymous op ed piece, but it hasn't been, there's never been one from a uh, senior White House uh, insider.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, the precedent that I've heard a number of people talk about here, Lawrence, is, well, what about Deep Throat, you know, during the Watergate days, and Woodward, of course, never did, well, he did eventually, but 30 years later, revealed the identity of that individual, but uh, that, at the time, didn't seem to get the same sort of scrutiny as what the Times has done.
1: No, well, it's entirely different because uh, that, that was news reporting uh, that was tracking down sources um, for, for the uh, news side of the newspaper. It wasn't turning over your uh, opinion pages uh, to give a guy uh, 800 words to uh, say what he wants without using his name. So it's, uh, it's not the same thing at all.
0: Yeah, because I, I can still remember, I mean, back in, you know, my early days at Mohawk College, I mean, Journalism 101, Lawrence, and I'm, I'm sure ju- every journalist has this drilled into their head right from the beginning, is is you you don't go with one source. There always has to be some sort of confirmation, doesn't there?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and uh, in, in the Watergate uh, reporting, you're right, Bill, they always said they had at least uh, two sources, one corroborating what the other has, has said, and of course, with this in the New York Times uh, you don't have that so they're they're breaching standard uh, protocols here and frankly you know it plays right into the uh, Trump uh, and his followers uh, their criticism of uh, of the New York Times of the mainstream media uh, for doing that I mean you can be more easily be accused of uh, fake news when you do something like this, whether, you know, when you don't even name the person bringing out the news than uh, traditionally, right? So that, that creates a lot of problems here, too. And I think the precedent is really bad, because now that other media and other newspapers say, hey, well, the New York Times is uh, is granting anonymity for uh, big, huge uh, op-ed pieces, uh, we can go do that, too. we we'll go to a Canadian, get somebody in uh, Trudeau's cabinet and uh, Say here, you know, you don't. We won't name you. Say what you want uh, in a piece for us, and and that's not good journalism, is it?
0: No, not at all. I mean, and you point this out in the piece today in the Globe and Mail, and and actually, we were just talking about Bob Woodward. Uh, he's got a new book coming out. Uh, it's on the bookshelves next week, and we've already seen some excerpts from that. And and it seems as if it's variations on the same theme we're talking about here, Lawrence, uh, because a lot of the stuff that apparently he's included in this book is, is unattributed. It says uh, sources say, et cetera. And, and that's somewhat unlike what Woodward's did. I mean, obviously, I've read his other stuff from Watergate, and I read Plan of Attack, uh, about the Bush administration, about uh, what was going on with the shock and awe and the weapons of mass destruction and everything. But just about everything in that book was attributed. I mean, he he did do his homework on that one. It sounds as if he may have done an end run around some of the things with the new book.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, well, I haven't even got it yet. It's not even in the stores. No. I don't want to analyze it, but uh, that's the reporting on it says that he's uh, he's uh, using a lot of an anonymous sources, uh, which has got the, uh, the Trump administration standard up. Um, but to the point about, um, I, I, again, uh, this is, it's, it's sort of a piling on thing here in that we starting with the Fire and the Fury book, remember that? Yeah. Uh, and, and that basically said the same thing as a New York Times op-ed piece and, the, and a Woodward uh, book, you know, painting a picture, which is very true, by the way, of a president, uh, unhinged, uh, manic of people inside, uh, around him, you know, saying, you know, how oh, can we get rid of this guy? Um, but as I say, it's been done a hundred times, so I didn't find anything really uh, uh, <laughs> earth-shattering in the New York Times piece at all. But frankly, it has uh, touched off a wave of uh, excitement and inquiry as to who the uh, the author of the piece is, and therefore the uh, New York Times is probably pleased because it's got a, an enormous uh, response uh, <laughs> from uh, from readership and from uh, people following up on
0: it. Yeah, and that was the reaction I heard from an awful lot of folks as well, Lawrence. David Korn from uh, Mother Jones reacted that way. I remember seeing him on NBC that, that, that evening. And he said, tell, you know, tell me something I don't know. Uh, we, and, and we've already heard this. And, and even if some of the stuff that, uh, that they talked about here, about some of the, uh, the comments that sa- staff have allegedly made about Trump, uh we know a lot of this stuff. I mean, we know what Tillerson said, and we know what uh what some of the what Madison and others have said from time to time. Of course, of course they denied it, but I mean that stuff's out there already uh and and I guess what it does now is it's got people thinking, as you point out in the piece today about the journalistic ethics of The times as opposed to the content of what's in there
1: yeah, you know what uh and it's also true bill that you go through uh any government uh you will find uh people around the uh leader in that government who are, uh, you know, always trying to thwart the guy's worst instincts, right? I mean, this is what aides and people around him are supposed to do, uh, you know, to try and uh, step in his way and say, oh, my God, we've got to prevent the boss from doing that type of thing, right? So it's not all that unusual that this kind of thing is going on with Trump. It's going on with Trump to a far greater degree, I would say. But uh, it's the type of thing that, uh, that that happens and should happen in any government.
0: What would, with your journalistic experience, what would have happened if the Times had insisted that this individual be named and just said, "Look, we're not going to print it unless you come forward"?
1: Well, that's a problem they have. The, the guy, the, the, the you know, the Trump administration is, is, is labeling the guy a coward or the, or the woman a coward for not being named, or, uh, for not naming themselves, but. Uh, they They realized that uh, they would have to leave their job if they if they did put their name to this piece from the point of view of the Times they should have said uh "Wow, okay, you want to say this uh you're a important figure in the white house uh you know uh we're going to send you to our news site of the paper and uh and and in, interview on you on this and uh do a story." On page one based on on what you what you are saying and and we 're going to check it out with other sources uh and then you know that 's what they traditionally do and and but for some reason, they decided to break ethics uh on this one, and I think it damaged uh and will damage the reputation of a uh, a great
0: great newspaper well and and again, the, we go back to the question that you posed right at the beginning here of your piece today, Lawrence what were they thinking and because that is the routine. And these guys know that, and and I mean, even if, if you've anybody has never even been inside a newsroom or one of these meetings, these editorial meetings, uh, it, you know, even if you watch the movie, All the President's Men, uh, you know, Ben Bradley quizzed these guys and raked these guys over the cold, Woodward and Bernstein, as they were doing that, saying, get me some facts, get me some corroboration. In other, in other words, they didn't ever print, if you recall, they never printed what Deep Throat said to Woodward. They what, He gave them ideas, and they had to go and check it out and try to get confirmation of, and from the different sources. And it sounds sounds as if these guys just decided, no, this is so salacious, we're just going to run with it. And that's, that's not what we expect from the New York Times.
1: Well said, well said. And I don't think you, Bill, would allow uh, uh, somebody uh, from government to come in and take up uh, five minutes of your show uh, <laughs> blistering someone uh, and, and not naming themselves in, in doing so, right?
0: Well, it's just yeah, it's just not done. There has to be some sense of corroboration. And again, it, what's happened here now is is if they thought what they were going to do was was to move this this discussion forward about how ineffective Trump and the administration may be, uh, they've lost that because that's not the dialogue. That's not the narrative that's happening now. It's about whether or not this was ethical.
1: Yeah. Now, and as I say, are they going to turn around the New York Times and, and and balance what they've done by giving a Trump admirer uh, an insider? Uh, you know, anonymity to come out and, and bash the uh, point of view that was presented yesterday. Um, and I just hope it doesn't set that kind of precedent where we see this, these type of uh, anonymous pieces written uh, all the time.
0: Well, you're down on the beltway. Would, would that happen? I mean, are you concerned, really, that, that other newspapers and, uh, may, may just say, hey, if they did it, I guess we can do it too? Or are they simply going to say, look at this, this is an example of what not to do and just move on from that?
1: Yeah, well, I think, judging by the reaction, uh, the Times got a lot of, po- quite a bit of negative reaction. I don't know what you've seen, but quite a bit of positive reaction, too, right? Yeah. So I, I think some would pick up on that and say, my God, the, t- the Times, they got a lot of hits on that uh, by doing that, uh and maybe we can do it too. And sure, they could find. I'm sure they could find uh, tons of people inside government who would gladly put out a point of view without having put their put their name on it. Right?
0: How much of a uh, witch hunter is there going to be now? I know obviously within the administration to try to find out who this is. But for, from the journalistic field, uh, Lawrence is, is the is the hunt on right now to try to get a name for this individual?
1: it is but i think that uh and that's been hectic for the last day or so but i think like everything else uh, here it uh, sort of dies out within a day right there's some mm-hmm. other big story is going to big story going to crash upon us today or tomorrow and and this one will be forgotten i mean it's too bad this is going on in the sense that the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, the Supreme Court hearings are going on, a much more a very, very important story, and it's being totally overshadowed by this kind of
0: thing. Exactly, exactly, and you talk about priorities. I know you got to run. Listen, I really appreciate you taking the time. Great piece in the Globe and Mail today. Thanks as always, Lawrence. Appreciate it, Bill. My pleasure. You betcha. Lawrence Martin, of course, uh, from the Globe and Mail uh, down in Washington covering the, uh, the political scene. And his, his point is well taken. Uh, this is stuff... And I'm not going to suggest that this is this is not relevant because it certainly is, uh, and and what was put in the piece, the content of the piece in the Times, uh, is is interesting reading. But obviously, what you look for is validation, and it would have carried a lot more weight if somebody had said, "I am so and so," and and this is how we feel, uh, because there's an insinuation there that there is a, a a cluster of people within the the White House within the Trump administration. That are basically trying to run the country in spite of Donald Trump, not in the way that Donald Trump wants to. That's that's a very serious allegation. To be sure, it absolutely is. But now, all of a sudden, people are simply saying dismiss uh, dismiss this because you know who is this? We don't know. There's no corroboration, uh, and th- there's got to be a part B to this if somebody wants to really make this happen and and get that story out there. And it's difficult as it is, obviously, uh, in the, in journalism these days to try to come up with that sort of information. Uh, it's going to come up again. Uh, we mentioned the fact that Woodward's book uh, is coming out. That'll be September the 11th, as a matter of fact, uh, is the date that that's going to hit the bookshelves. We've already seen some excerpts from this, and it's variations on the same theme. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, as Lawrence already mentioned, uh, news cycles tend to change about every 24 hours. We saw that certainly the other day when the talk was about the Woodward book and some of the insinuations, and within hours that was shoved to the back pages, and all of a sudden we we're talking about the uh, the op-ed in the New York Times And uh, in the meantime, there's a very, very serious process going on to appoint a new justice to the Supreme Court in the United States, which could have a major impact on a number of different things, uh, including a possible impeachment, including Roe versus Wade and a number of other things that seem to be on the table right now. And not a whole lot of people are paying attention to that. Interesting. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.